PSOS Radio Podcast. Life issues, artist interviews, and faith. Downloading. Downloading. Now. We're talking about living life unafraid in these uncertain times with pastor and author Adam Hamilton today at SWS Radio. Pastor Adam, you've been at Church of the Resurrection in the Kansas City area for like 28 years. And how have you seen this fear climate just evolve and evolve with this cycle of news? It's interesting. People have always struggled with fear. I mean, you go back to the Bible, you find, you know, the command not to fear shows up 140 times in one way or another. So you can tell people even in biblical times were struggling with fear. But today, I think you mentioned a couple of things. Uh, 24-hour news cycle means that we're constantly hearing about things that we might not have heard about before. So, you know, I've got an Apple Watch and uh, it gives me a vibration every time there's a breaking news story. And so on my wrist, no matter what I'm doing, I'm constantly getting notified of whatever the latest tragedy is, whatever the latest thing that I should be afraid of is. So the 24-hour news cycle plays some part in that. You know, we also live in a time where I think as a result of that, and you mentioned social media, that creates a different kind of fear where it's been said this way. We have less to fear today and we're more afraid than we've ever been. That news cycle you're talking about, it just stirs up a lot of drama and fear that's unnecessary. What have you learned about discerning the difference between false fear and appropriate fear? You know, fear's a gift from God. We've been given this tool. Our brain has the capacity to understand potential threats. It's constantly watching and monitoring through our senses, you know, potential threats. That's meant to keep us safe. So it processes these things in the light of our memories, in the light of what stories we tell ourselves about what we should or shouldn't be afraid of. Uh, And so, you know, what that leaves us with is on a heightened sense of alert. And if we have no sense of perspective, we can quickly become afraid of things we have no need to be afraid of. So in some ways, our brains are like that as well. We have a hard time discerning what's a real threat and what's not a threat. And that requires us to kind of have a four-step process in this book. You know, we face our fears with faith. So we assume the best instead of the worst. Typically inside our amygdala, that part of our brain that's fearful or that generates the fear response, is assuming the worst. So we're wired to assume the worst, and we've got to work at making ourselves assume the best to face our fears with faith. And that's not just faith in God, but that's just faith that things are somehow going to work out. Things are not as bad as they seem. So we've got to remind ourselves of that. And then we examine our anxieties in the light of the facts. So a lot of times we're fearful of things. We've got to we've got to look and see, okay, how fearful should I be of that? Is this something that really is likely to affect me? And, and when I think about that, one classic example is violence. And so Americans are more afraid of violent crime today than they've been in a very long time, and yet violent crime rates are down at their lowest in 50 years. And so once we find the facts out, we can go, oh, maybe I don't need to be quite as afraid of that as I am. And the 24-hour news cycle, of course, plays a role in that. So, you know, we examine our deities in light of the facts, and then we approach our fears with action. Part of what we do is we just take action and and that really helps us. So we can stew on something and ruminate on it and it you know and the fear just continues to increase. But when we actually take a step towards our fear, we run you know towards our fears, we find that often our fears dissipate. And an example I give in the book is my daughter who was taking skydiving lessons and she was doing this while she was in college and I'm you know she didn't tell her mom and I this and when we found out you know, her mom was in tears and I'm like, what were you thinking? You know, we've spent all this time trying to protect you and you go jump out of an airplane. And she said, I knew that that I was prone towards anxiety or fear. And I thought if I did the scariest thing I could think of and I conquered that, maybe I could conquer the rest of my fears. And it, 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 had, it worked just like that. She said, I landed, and I have this picture of her, you know, she's got this huge smile on her face, and she said, you know, in one moment, I conquered the scariest thing. I faced death, and I triumphed, you know. And, and so 
a lot of times if we run towards our fears and we actually, as opposed to just ruminating on them, it really helps. And then the last step in the book that I talk about is releasing our fears to God. And that's this idea of trust and faith and believing that God is with us and the worst thing is never the last thing. You know, it doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. It does mean that no matter what happens, he's going to walk with us. Yeah, he's the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. We're talking to author Pastor Adam Hamilton. Coming up next, he's going to share about how we can actually take every thought captive and take authority over all of our fears on SOS Radio. Current events. Cutting edge. Faith. It's, it's awesome. Encouragement on the go. <laughs> it's the SOS Radio Podcast. We're talking about taking authority over all the fears that life throws at us with author Adam Hamilton on SOS Radio. A few minutes ago, you were talking about the keys to assuming the best instead of assuming the worst. And Adam, how do we actually take every thought captive? It's easier said than done, of course. And part of it is retraining our thinking. So it's, you know, we're going to have some of these thoughts and some of these are ruminating thoughts. And it's, uh, you know, where we begin to focus on certain things that make us afraid or make us anxious. Some of that has to do with talking with other people. You know, it's having people who are in your friends or counselors or others that you can unpack your thoughts with. Because sometimes we can't see in the middle of it. We can't really see clearly. We get so focused on the thing we're afraid of that. And this is true in particular for people who wrestle with anxiety and panic. We're so focused on that. We need somebody from the outside to be able to help us to say, let's talk about that a little bit. Is this really how it is? Is it possible there's another explanation? Is there a... So having people who we're connecting with can really help. It's not simply a matter of praying or if we read enough scripture, but so it's, it is in part having other people to share with. It's in part examining the facts behind what our, where our fears are, but it also has to do with retraining our thinking. An example I have is of a young woman who was having night terrors, and I said, okay, when you're sound asleep and your subconscious really kicks in, some experiences from your past you probably need to talk with a counselor about are helping to trigger this. I'm not really sure what's behind it, but here's what I'm going to encourage you to do is before you go to bed every night, I want you to take one of these scriptures, and I have 31 days worth of scriptures in the back of the book in the appendix. I want you to take one of those each night. I want you to read it before you go to bed. I want you to pray that scripture. I want you to take it and actually kind of ponder it and pray and meditate upon it. As you're falling asleep, I want you to be able to say one last time, Lord, my life is yours. I'm totally yours and I trust in you and and to tie that scripture back into that and see if that last thought of the day as you're going to sleep might help you overcome the subconscious thoughts of fear. And, you know, for her, it worked about a month worth of that. And she found herself no longer having these night terrors. And so sometimes it's what we're telling ourselves, what we're putting into our own minds that counters the fears that are, you know, that are generated in our subconscious or from our life experience. Now, Adam, in your book, Unafraid, Living with Courage and Hope in Uncertain Times, you explain worry like imagining a negative future that may never and most likely will never happen. I think sometimes we tend to live our life like fear is just inevitable that this is going to happen to me and so I've got to freak out about it right now. It is interesting how many things we worry about that never come to pass. And as I look back over my life, you know, the things that I was most afraid of, if you look back, none of those or very few of them ever happened. And the ones that did, somehow they turned out okay. And that's how life works for us. That's not the way we tend to focus. We tend to imagine all the you know, most negative possible circumstances and, and can't see our way to the other side. So I like to say again, you know, that the worst thing is not the last thing. And because we have faith in Christ, we know there's always hope. And that's part of what the resurrection tells us, right? I mean, we look at the Easter story and we see Christ suffering, dead, buried, I mean, tortured to death, the Son of Man, Son of God, tortured to death. And yet on the third day, he rises from the dead. And part of that message I think God was giving us, the word of Easter is the worst thing is 
never the last thing. And no matter what, God is able to force something good to come from the evil that happens in our lives. But the reality is most of the evil things we think are going to happen, you know, the sicknesses, the job loss, the, you know, rejection, whatever it is, never happens. And this is part of what Jesus was addressing in the Sermon on the Mount when he talks about, you know, why are you worried? You know, don't be so fearful and worried. You can't, by worrying, add another inch to the total height of your body or another the number of days that you live. Instead, we put our trust in him. We seek first his kingdom. And somehow the rest of it works out okay. We're talking to author and pastor Adam Hamilton today at SWS Radio. We all know that Jesus says, fear not, fear not, fear not, all throughout the Bible. But then we still seem to fear and want to be able to take that authority and take ownership in our heart. Pastor Adam's going to share some ideas on how we actually do that coming up next on SWS Radio. Thanks for streaming our podcast. Our SOS radio team is always experimenting with new things. By financially supporting the music and conversation in our podcast, you're helping it grow. I use the SOS radio app when I'm working. I love the fact that there are no ads, there's no pop-ups, and I can listen to Scott Harold's podcast. I made a $20 gift to help keep the music commercial-free. You can make a donation to help grow the podcast at SOSradio.net or inside the SOS radio app. Talking to Adam Hamilton on SWS Radio today about dealing with fear head on. You know, Jesus told us to stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. But Adam, what encouragement do you have for our listeners who just worry themselves sick? And they know this command, but they still just feel like, I can't stop. My head just tells me I'm supposed to freak out here. One of the things I would say in terms of spiritual practices, what happens sometimes is we start getting anxious. Our breathing gets more shallow. As our breathing gets more shallow, we become more fearful. And so sometimes stopping to breathe, and in the process of stopping to breathe, the Christian, you know, addition to that mindfulness that in the book I describe this process, but includes also reflecting on or meditating upon Scripture, and it could be just the simple breath prayers in the middle of your fear. You know, you might take a simple verse, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you, might be a good one. Or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or, you know, just a simple verse that you can pray as you're breathing in, and you can pray as you're breathing out. And somehow between taking deep breaths, stopping to meditate upon a particular truth that God is with you all the time, you find your heart begins to settle down just a little bit. And in the book, I talk about meditative practices of praying the scriptures and how we go about doing that. So there are spiritual practices that can help us when we're in the middle of the an anxiety or panic attack. These things can begin to help us. Journaling, there's a whole host of other practices that will help. There's no silver bullet to getting rid of fear entirely. Fear is hardwired into us. It's a part of who we are. But when you gather the facts around you, when you practice certain things, very simple you know, practices, you can find that you begin to control your fear a bit more. Then as you begin to control your fear a bit more, you begin to do more study, begin to do a little more understanding of what's causing or precipitating my fear, surrounding yourself with people who can support and care for you in that, and you find that the fear begins to dissipate and you actually do live with courage and hope. So we're never going to totally eliminate fear, but when we get the right perspective on it, when we have the right practices, we can find that we're no longer controlled by our fear. And we're talking to author and pastor Adam Hamilton today on Esquis Radio. His new book's called Unafraid, Living with Courage and Hope in Uncertain Times. When does the book release, Adam? Yeah, March 13th is the release date, and I'm really excited about this. It comes out of 30 years of pastoral experience and 18 months of study and research in this area in the field. I'm hoping that it will really be a blessing to a lot of folks. It covers about 20 different areas of fear in our lives and that are prominent based on research that we've done on you know what people are actually afraid of. And so I see it as sort of a pastoral book for folks to help them. There's also a small group component that's available. So, so there's a video that we've put together that include interviews with experts. I've got a neurologist from a university. I've got a, a guy who's a Fortune 500 CEO. 
a number of folks in there talking about how fear affects them and how, it, how we overcome it. So there's a video component, a leader's guide for small groups, Bible studies, book clubs to use. There's even a children and youth component if churches wanted to focus on this for five weeks as, a, uh, as an entire congregation, which we did at Church of the Resurrection. And it was amazing. You know, I hadn't written the book yet, but the sermons uh, were drawing upon the same material I would ultimately put in the book. And you know, people talking about, for the first time, I don't feel like I'm afraid anymore. I feel like I've, you know, I've found hope. I've found a reason not to be afraid. And so it's designed to be something that individuals read and study, but it's also designed for book clubs, Sunday school classes, entire churches. Well, Adam's a senior pastor at Church of the Resurrection in the Kansas City area. And Adam's church has been cited as one of America's most influential churches. Thanks for spending some time with us today, Adam. Hey, Scott, it was a joy. Thank you for having me on your program. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.